Hey everyone, Dr. B here. Another great day to talk teeth, right? Well, the beauty of it is, is that you don't have to pick this day. You can pick any day. That's the beauty of a podcast. Anyway, welcome to another episode of Ask the Dentist. Speaking of podcasts, we're probably, my staff and I are probably 40 or 50 episodes into this podcast. And so far, it's been going really well. The, the feedback's been great. But what I'd like to ask of you is some very specific, critical feedback. Exactly what are you looking for? Are my answers too detailed? Do you want more information? Do you want it more in a list format? Do you want me just to cut to the chase? You know, anything you can think of. Obviously, if you have a question, go ahead and ask that. But I'll leave you a link at the end of this episode on where to leave that. But would love to get more feedback other than all the high fives that I've been getting, which I really appreciate. And that in itself has been helpful. And there's been some feedback within those emails as well. But anyway, please tell me what's good, what's not good, what you need, what isn't working and what is working. Would love to to hear that. And for that feedback, go to mark at askthedentist.com. Again, mark at askthedentist.com. I may not reply to all of your emails. That's not the intent, but I will read every single one and I'll learn a lot from it. So anyway, today's episode is concerning a, I think it was a 22 month old. It could have been a 28 month old, but again, it's about the F treatment. I've never heard it said that way. It took me a while to figure out what that was, but it's pretty clear what it is now. And it made me think of another saying that I'd like to maybe begin incorporating in my, you know, writings and uh, discussions of this F element. Anyway, most of you already know what it is and how I feel about it. But anyway, here is the question about the F treatment. And we're not going to get into a big discussion on this F element, but it's a great question because every kid that goes in every six months or the parent is faced with deciding whether they want their kid to have this F treatment. Here's the question. What are your thoughts on the F treatment for toddlers for a 28-month-old? Do you recommend them? And if not, what are other options they can do for cavities and how to arrest them at home? The F treatment. I love it. I love the wording of it for obvious reasons. You know, the F bomb, the F word. But just to be clear, so everyone knows what the F treatment is, what you're referring to, that is the fluoride treatment that most kids get, you know, between the ages of one and a half, two, that's too early for fluoride treatment. But you're talking about your 24, 28, month old. And typically it's given up until age 14 and for the reasons of coverage or payment. Insurance companies stop paying after age 14. The thinking is that You know, why put a fluoride varnish on a kid that has all their adult teeth in? I mean, it's just arbitrary. It's arbitrary thinking and very, very frustrating. But anyway, let me get back to answering your question. My answer is no. Don't let them get the F treatment. I think everyone that's listening to this podcast has some idea on my thoughts on fluoride. I've talked about it extensively, written about it, and I've done a lot of other podcasts on other podcasts about fluoride. I would refer you to Drew's uh, podcast on fluoride. That's maybe about two, three months old now and start there. Also go to the Fluoride Action Network. I'll include links to all of this, but here it is. Fluoride has a lot of issues. And recently, unfortunately, it is so controversial. It's almost like talking about, what's a good example? 
abortion. Maybe that's not a great example. But both sides are so polarized and so convinced that their argument is correct. Maybe a better analogy would be vegans as opposed to carnivores. Very, very difficult to get those people in the same room and have a sensible discussion based on evidence and facts. And being in that room, and I often am in that room with other professionals, and we start talking about it, and then we start arguing about it, and then literally a few dentists will leave the room. I mean, that's the problem. My view on fluoride, based on raising three kids and myself having had too much fluoride, I have stage one fluorosis on my teeth. I'm just thinking about what my decision is. In other words, I've made my decision. I made it 30 years ago plus, and it's the best decision I could make at the time. And I'm still okay with that decision, especially with the latest data. And then other dentists are making their decision based on the best data that they can rely on. And that's where we should leave it for now, at least. There is a lawsuit against the CDC on this matter about fluoridation of water and how moms that are pregnant ingesting fluoridated water lowers the IQ of their child. There are 64 studies, I think it's actually more now, that have linked fluoride with reduced IQ in children. Fluoride is not a nutrient. It never was. It happens to be a byproduct of industrial manufacturing of the fertilizer phosphate industry. And many children now exceed the recommended daily fluoride intake. And from toothpaste alone, and that's where we get the fluorosis. Fluorosis, which I mentioned a few minutes ago, I have type 1. That's where you get too much fluoride in your teeth. And you start getting little white lesions, little white areas on your teeth, almost like pearlescent marks. And then if you have too much fluorosis, a type 2 or worse, then you start getting brown spots on your teeth. And that's just from swallowing toothpaste. You can imagine, and toothpaste is 1,500 parts per million. The varnishes start at 5,000 and go way higher. And your child will probably swallow this stuff. I mean, how do you know your 22, your two or three-year-old is not swallowing fluoride? How do you know your nine-year-old or your 10-year-old isn't swallowing the fluoride? And it's not just swallowing that you have to worry about. Absorption of fluoride through the oral mucosa is a thing. There is a study, there are several studies, but the one study I keep referring to, it's on rats, unfortunately. Sodium fluoride or sodium chloride solutions are kind of applied to the oral mucosa of rats, and there's a marked rise in the plasma fluoride level in the rat. And the maximum concentration, when I say plasma fluoride, it is in your blood system, is reached within 30 to 60 minutes. Uh, the amount of urinary fluoride that's in your urine levels for the 24-hour period was six to seven times greater in the fluoride-treated rats. This is not rats swallowing fluoride. These are rats that are being swabbed with a fluoride varnish on their cheeks and in their mouth. So it was a six to seven X greater concentration in their urine as compared to the controls, uh, probably saline or just water. That's in a 24-hour period. So fluoride's running throughout your system when your child gets this fluoride treatment. And it's not just from swallowing, it's also absorption through the oral mucosa. Again, not a surprise, the oral mucosa, like the gut, is permeable and certain things can get through to the bloodstream. In fact, there's another study that uh, demonstrates that hundreds of millions of dollars may be wasted annually on this F treatment, children's fluoride treatments by dentists. It's a new study, typically given once or twice a year at routine checkups. The treatments do nothing to reduce, according to the study, do nothing to reduce cavities in kids, 
I'll link to that studies as well. And this is of a study based on insurance records. And this is published in a recent issue of the Journal of Public Health Dentistry. The crux of this study is it says, and, and I completely agree with this, and this is where I'm going with this. Um, it, the study says choosing a dentist who's conservative in, you know, watching and, and you know, monitoring and filling cavities, that's the biggest factor in reducing decay in your child. Again, does that sound familiar? A functionally minded dentist who thinks that they can actually, their attitude is that, and they know based on clinical experience that they can reverse a cavity. A dentist that thinks he can reverse a cavity is going to be very conservative by nature. Again, and so that's what that study of insurance records, really, that was their conclusion. It's who your dentist is that determines how many cavities your kids has or will have or won't have. And functional dentists typically do not rely on the fluoride treatment because they know it doesn't work. So again, the fluoride treatment, the F treatment, that can contain up to about 12,000 parts per million ppm of fluoride that could be swallowed or absorbed through the oral mucosa and it's applied twice a year. That is, I think, a enough of a worry and danger to be concerned about. Fluoridated water is changed recently. It was 1.2 part per million. It's down to 0.7. It depends on what water supply you're in is quite a bit less. And of course, that's being ingested daily and absorbed through your skin. Probably much less dangerous, of course. But, you know, fluoride is found everywhere else. It's in many canned goods. There are other sources, teas, of course, toothpaste, a thousand parts per million. Some of the prescription strength toothpaste that are prescribed at dental offices can have up to 5,000 parts per million. A lot of that stuff is prescribed to children that have a high decay rate. So why is this being done? Again, habit but here's maybe the other reason. The American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry states that this is a ten that this is a big portion of the ten billion dollars that is spent nationally on children's dentistry. They estimate about eight percent. What's eight percent? That's eight hundred million is spent on topical fluoride treatments in the US yearly. That's a lot. And if it doesn't work, that's money that doesn't need to be spent. Again, it doesn't work based on many, many studies that I mentioned earlier. So, and this is based on the most dentists charge about $30 for fluoride treatments, although I've seen it much higher. I've seen it $45, $55, $55. And again, insurance pays for it. So, it's a no-brainer for kind of just routine, whatever the insurance pays, let's do that. The medical industry is guilty of that. So is the dental industry. It's it's not a very targeted approach. It's this broad band approach to everyone. And that's not right, especially if there is a downside, which there is with the F treatment. So this is a very easy recommendation for me to make. I would not expose your children to this fluoride treatment. It doesn't work. It's not worth the risk. And of course, it can be absorbed into your child's body in so many different ways that you cannot control. So my advice would be, and as the study, the first study that I mentioned said, find a dentist that thinks they can, you know, that understands how the decay process occurs, what are the root causes of it, what causes decay, make sure they have a good understanding of that. And also make sure you're seeing a dentist that understands how to reverse decay. These are dentists that will literally, just by seeing them, will lower the decay rate in your child. Again, as that study inferred, absolutely 
a wonderful conclusion on that study. It is true. And I've seen it happen. And I saw it happen in my practice. Before I came to these conclusions, clinically, my decay rate with my young children was higher. When I changed my frame of mind and was more root-based, root-cause-based in my approach to, to decay and learned how to reverse decay and, and really delved into, you know, what is the status of a tooth? And the answer is, is that it, it's different at any given time because the tooth is very dynamic. It's demineralizing and remineralizing. It's changing shape. And you have the power and, you know, conferred through you as a parent for your children to control this and optimize it for your child. So, again, don't do the fluoride treatments. Then the next best thing now, currently, what's available is to use a hydroxyapatite-based toothpaste. I'll put a link in for what I think your children should be brushing with. Don't have a link for the cocoa ginger flavor, but you'll find it on the website. But I'll send you a link for their mint version. It's the Boca toothpaste, a nano-sized hydroxyapatite crystal or form of the hydroxyapatite, which means the uptake is great and it quickly remineralizes teeth. And this is what I would recommend daily instead of getting that big hit of fluoride or even the small hit of fluoride with conventional toothpaste daily, but certainly that F treatment twice a year, just it's not necessary. We have alternatives. Now, what we really need in the profession, and it's coming, it's available in Europe, may be available in Japan, which is where hydroxyapatite-based toothpaste came from to begin with, is a nano hydroxyapatite-based varnish or treatment, which would take the place of this fluoride treatment. And again, it's safe. You can swallow it. You can have it up against the cheeks and it'll absorb and have it in your bloodstream, in your urine. It doesn't matter. It's a biomimetic material. In other words, it's already in us. We're just delivering it in a better, more optimized form to your teeth. So anyway, I hope that answers your question. I loved the question and I love the whole connotation of this F treatment. Yeah, it is really effed up. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is true. But it's changing. And by listening, hopefully to this episode, you understand it better. And let's work on getting that hydroxyapatite based varnish to the U.S. It's coming soon. You'll hear about it on our website. We will broadcast that on Instagram, the website. I will be walking down the street with placards, signage, wearing it and broadcasting this to everyone. I can't wait till it's available. All right. And that's the end of another episode of Ask the Dentist. If you have questions like this, go to speakpipe.com slash askthedentist. I am here for you. I'm happy to answer these questions. And by broadcasting via podcast, this is going to help many. So your question will help many, many people. If you need more information on hydroxyapatite-based toothpaste, we have lots of lots of blog posts and articles on our website, askthedentist.com. Go there and really, you know, educate yourself on this great alternative to fluoridated toothpaste. Again, we don't need fluoride. We just don't need it in our water. We don't need it in our toothpaste. We have 
wonderful alternatives. And before these alternatives, which are pretty recent, you know, I still felt very strongly about fluoride. I raised my three daughters without exposure to fluoride. Uh, We filtered our water. They didn't use fluoridated toothpaste. I mean, I'm sure they got a little bit, but they didn't get as much as I did as a kid. I grew up in San Francisco and they had fluoridated water there. So, and none of them have decay. So, it's a, a controversial subject, but now with the latest data on the effect, uh, the neurological effects on your child, let's stay away from fluoride. We can do this, and we now, at least now, have alternatives if your child is decay prone or cavity prone. And if you're looking for a dentist that is aware of hydroxyapatite, and again, as I mentioned earlier in that first study, or the study mentioned, you know, it's really about the quality and the thinking and philosophy of your dentist that really is going to determine the decay rate of your child. That's going to be a big factor. And so really the only group I can recommend to you that think this way are functionally minded dentists. We have a directory for functionally minded dentists. It's a growing directory. Thank goodness. Go to askthedentist.com slash directory. Anyway, thanks for listening. love talking about fluoride. And now that we have alternatives, even better. I hate to be a downer and be negative, but now I can diss the, or I can mention the F word and uh, give you a good alternative. Thanks for listening, guys, and stay safe and see you in the next episode. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.